I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Warmer for the low. Welcome to Lovey Las Vegas. For Coast to Coast Hoops with myself, Greg Abe Spears, and now part of the Visa Family Podcast, and we've got a tremendous podcast for you. It's in the second segment going to be joined by Mike O'Donnell. He does a great job as a college basketball analyst for both ESPN and CBS Sports. Does a great job calling, I would not call them the mid-major conferences because he does a lot with regards to the American. He's going to be talking about some of the teams that he's bullish on in regards to the Atlantic 10 as well. You pretty much have your power six and then you've got the next best. He does a great job with regards to those conferences. We're going to talk to him about a few different things. Obviously, some of those teams that he thinks are going to have a relatively solid season. We're going to talk about some teams out there in the American and the Atlantic 10. That could be very intriguing outside of your top two to three in those conferences. But on top of that, he used to play the game of college basketball himself over there at NC State at Central Florida. He has experienced what a lot of these teams are doing right now, taking their foreign trips to places like the Bahamas, the continent of Europe. You're able to go down the line, and we're going to ask him what it all means. Should we be taking anything away from these scores? But how does it wind up improving teams? What are coaches trying to do in terms of these foreign trips as well? What it all just winds up entailing as well, because I do think that it's interesting to take a look at with us not having these foreign trips the last few years due to COVID just wreaking havoc on the face of planet Earth, which was not so great. So it's great that we do have these trips back, and we're going to be asking Mike how it's going to be able to help these teams out, what sort of takeaways we can have from those in the final segment. I did wind up doing a conference preview yesterday with the Missouri Valley Conference, so I'm going to be brushing up the news and notes that we've seen over the last 48 hours in college basketball. And if you do have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, Got one of two ways we'll fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at JunoNerds41. Keep in mind, letters EM. They mean does not matter. As per usual, please just send these into the timeline. The other way is via an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast by the five star review. Did not really get into any Twitter questions today. So let's dive into the chat that I wound up having a little bit earlier with one of the good guys out there in college basketball, Mike O'Donnell. Next, right here on Coast Coast Soups with myself, Greg Spears, and now a part of the Easy Family Podcast. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market. 
as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market 
as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Las Vegas for Kissy Kissy with myself, Greg Spears, and now part of the Beeson family podcast. And it is great to be joined by our guests as Mike O'Donnell is doing absolutely amazing work taking a look at the game of college basketball. As you know, we hear him on ESPN and CBS Sports throughout the season. A man that he himself used to play for both NC State and Central Florida. So this is a man that knows a lot about the game of college basketball because. He was playing in a lot of those games just a few seasons ago. And to be able to follow Mike on Twitter, that is at M-O-D, the number four, and then the word three spelled out. And Mike, it is great to have you aboard. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Greg. It is great to have you aboard. And Mike, I just want to get your thoughts on this, first of all, because we've been noticing that a lot of teams this season, because during the COVID years, they were unable to do this. They are taking a lot of overseas trips to places like Europe, Puerto Rico. You're able to go down the list. Teams are getting into practice time, getting in some exhibition games. I know that a lot was made of Auburn losing to Israel. A lot of jokes about is that a quad one loss or anything like that. But <laughs> with that said, how much does that wind up helping out teams that they are able to do these trips once again? Because I take a look at things. I don't really read much into Auburn losing to the country of Israel, but I do think that it's very good that they're just able to get there out there on the court this summer and just get a little bit of practice time in. The rules kind of change when you have the opportunity to play in a overseas trip, right? It's like a showcase. I've done that before when I was at UCF, and it's an incredible experience. Number one, uh, you briefly mentioned it. You shouldn't take into account any team blowing another team out or losing to a team. This is when you play these uh, exhibition games, these showcases overseas, Let's say if you play six games, half of those will be against teams that you'll just beat by 35 just by showing up. And the other half will usually be fairly competitive. But it's not always the case. It depends sometimes whether you're in Canada or Germany or Spain or wherever. I mean, Kentucky's in the Bahamas. There aren't a lot of teams in the Bahamas that are going to be able to compete with Kentucky. But there will be one or two that will challenge that group. When you play in these overseas trips, the biggest thing is you're getting a lot of rotational look. You're looking at multiple different lineups. You're looking at chemistry between players. If your roster is 12 to 13 deep, all 12 to 13 guys are going to play. And there may be some guys just don't play a lot for every particular reason. They're just looking at different matchups. It's a great opportunity for freshmen and transfers to learn how to play within a new system 
against an opponent, right? I mean, Greg, I mean, you know this, you've been watching the game, you've been watching the game for a while. You really can only get so much from practice in terms of what to expect when you're a freshman, because you're going to understand the system, but then you're playing against guys that understand your system too. And you're not playing against opponents that either don't understand the system or have scouted against you, and then you don't know their habits either. So it's a huge opportunity for freshmen, a huge opportunity for players that are immediately eligible through the transfer portal to learn the system. And it's also, Greg, it's not really exciting to talk about, but I think it's really important, is this is probably the first time and may end up being the only time these players will ever get a chance to go overseas. Not all of them, but a handful or if not at least half of them will never get this opportunity again. It was an unbelievable experience. I took a trip. We did Belgium. We did France. We did Germany. uh, We did Amsterdam. And it was incredible. I took away the things that you see, the different cultures you get to experience. When do you get that opportunity? You don't have to spend a dime for it and you get to experience all that. It's a really cool thing. And every team loves to do it from a basketball standpoint from also an opportunity given the players a, a huge look at different cultures and how different countries operate. It's it's an awesome thing. Yep, I'm someone that I've personally never traveled outside the United States, so I would love to be able to experience that one these days. Certainly, I will not be playing in one of those college basketball showcases, even though I do have two years left of eligibility if any school <laughs> out there needs someone that need someone that is able to give 10 minutes of five fouls. I'm more than happy to be of assistance there. (laughs) I do not expect any NIL calls or anything like that anytime soon, but certainly I do think that it is going to be able to help these teams out moving forward. So always do think that's interesting to take a look at. I do think that to your point, it will make the game a little bit more crisp this season as we do have Mike O'Donnell joining me on the podcast. And on top of that, we are able to get a little bit more of a read on these teams as well. We're able to see more of these guys out there on the floor. Obviously, I don't think that, as you wound up stating, this is going to wind up having you be overly more bullish slash bearish on teams, these games that we're going to be seeing overseas. But with that said, as the offseason has went along, as we've been seeing these rosters begin to crystallize a little bit more, are there a few teams that you're feeling a little bit more bullish slash bearish on as the offseason has went along? And as you've dove into a team, you've had maybe a little bit of a change of heart on them? Yeah, number one, it's UConn in the Big East. I'm not sure what this UConn team is going to be like for the Huskies top five scores went on with their careers, including really their two best players from last season, R.J. Cole and Tyrese Martin. And they also lost four scholarship players to the portal. And those four players weren't necessarily make or break players, but in on top of R.J. Cole and Tyrese Martin, you lose Tyler Pauly, Isaiah Wally. You get Tristan Newton from ECU. You have Andre Jackson, Jordan Hawkins, but I'm just not overly convinced that I know who this UConn team is going to be. I think a lot of people project them to be in the top five of the Big East. I'm not quite sure about that. I don't want to doubt this, uh, you know, this this UConn program right now because they play incredibly hard. Their defense is always going to be on point. I do question offensive continuity right now. First 15 games of the season, I think there's going to be some big question marks, Greg. I really do. Along the same lines of teams that I'm uh, really not sure about, I'm not sure about Villanova. One of the biggest storylines in college basketball this past season wasn't just Coach K leaving It was Jay Wright of Villanova, who, in my opinion, was the best college basketball coach 
that we've had in the last decade and winning two national championships and his teams and the way he recruited. He was just the program, the culture was off the charts. So you get a brand new coach and there he's going to continue a similar system, but you don't just lose Jay Wright. I mean, Greg, how much of a staple has Colin Gillespie been for that program and really just for college basketball. He's one of been one of the best point guards in the last three years of college basketball. And on top of that, you also lose players like uh, Jermaine Samuels. Sudiakuno will come off the bench. You still have Caleb Daniels. The amount of times that Colin Gillespie saved Villanova last season in tight games, I don't know if that can be replicated again. I understand why people will still project Villanova to be a top five team in the Big East, potentially maybe second or third coming into preseason just because of some of the players returning. They're still trying to develop, you know, who is going to ultimately run this team. That is a little bit of concern for me, Greg, is those two teams in the Big East, Villanova, UConn, I'm not sure how they're going to be. I really don't. And I speak specifically just from an offensive standpoint. Now, there are a few mid-major teams I'm really excited about, Greg. There's two teams out of the Atlantic 10. Everybody's talking about Dayton, and rightfully so. Had an excellent season last season. They're really good. Malachi Smith, Kobe Ellis, all those guys coming back to Ron Holmes. This is a great, great returning team. They had the youngest rotation in college basketball last season, and they probably had the best non-conference win in college basketball last season when they beat Kansas in Orlando at the ESPN Invitational. They had six of their top seven players having freshman eligibility. None of them opted to go into the transfer portal and explore other options. Ultimately, this team is going to be really, really good, and I think they can make waves in the non-conference. But the team in the Atlantic 10 that I'm most excited about, and I think everybody needs to get on the St. Louis Billikens train. This is not just a top 25 team. Greg, I think they have top 15 potential. They have the best college basketball point guard. The best in the country, Yuri Collins. He led the nation in assists last season. His IQ is off the charts. His three-point shot got better over the course of the season. They have arguably the most underappreciated three-point shooter in college basketball in Gibson Jimerson. They also have Jordan Nesbitt coming back. But they get Javante Perkins back from two years ago. So he tore his ACL coming into the season last season. And Javante Perkins was most likely going to be picked to be preseason Atlantic 10 player of the year. He's back. He is a double-double machine. He brings it another level of toughness. And then you also have Terrence Hargrove coming off of the bench, Sincere Parker, transfer, Fred Thatch, who was kind of like their six-man extraordinaire. And you also have their center in Francis Socorro, who was a transfer from Oregon, who gave great minutes. I really, really like this St. Louis team. And then stepping out of the Atlantic 10, huge fan of the Wyoming Cowboys out of the Mountain West. They made it to the NCAA tournament as an at-large bid. They didn't advance past the first round, but they essentially have virtually every key player back, including Hunter Malinato, who's a six-foot-six point guard who is getting tons of NBA looks. He is one of the best passers in college basketball. And Graham E.K. averaged 20 points a game, was one of the most underrated players in the country last season. He is a post-up nightmare, will regularly give you 20 points, 10 rebounds a game. Coach Linder, the head coach of the Wyoming Cowboys, runs a very unique four-out one-in offense. Their defense is getting better. It's not where it needs to be, but their offense is very difficult to scout for. Love that Wyoming Cowboys team out of the Mountain West. That is a sweet 16 type team.
I do think that it's going to be really interesting to see what we wind up getting out of the Atlantic 10, to your point. And I also think that looking forward as well, I'm going to be doing a conference preview for this mid-major as well as joining me on the podcast. We do have Mike O'Donnell. The Missouri Valley Conference, I think, is going to be loaded this year. The more I take a look at Bradley, they wind up having Murray State of Beaumont come in. I just wind up doing the Ohio Valley Conference preview. Well, unfortunately for our friends out there in the Ohio Valley Conference, that is a down conference to say the least as a result of Murray State and Beaumont being out of the fold. But the loss of the Ohio Valley is the gain of the Missouri Valley. And despite the fact that Loyal Chicago, I think, is going to be able to do good things in the Atlantic 10 is out of the fold. I take a look at this conference with teams like Drake bringing back so many of their guys, and I don't think that people should sleep on the Missouri Valley either, and I think that this might be a mid-major that has a chance to be able to get multiple teams in as well. I agree. I mean, when we say multiple, I mean, maybe two max, but Belmont and Murray State, I mean, how good are those winning cultures right now? I mean, really, really good. And then you have to take into account that Northern Iowa, that stretch they had towards the end of the season, Northern Iowa is going to be really good. I think the most underappreciated team in the Missouri Valley is Indiana State. I really, really like this Indiana State team. They have one of the funnest offenses that takes a lot of cues from the Golden State Warriors and a lot of European teams. Cooper Nisa guard. Cameron Henry, Calix Stevens, Micah Thomas, and then Xavier Bledson is like a 6'5", 6'6". He's a bigger body point guard that might have some of the best vision in the Missouri Valley. Huge fan of his game, Xavier Bledson. Remember that name. He averaged almost 10 a game and almost four assists a game. This Indiana State team, don't be surprised if they finish in the, in the top four, maybe even the top three of the Missouri Valley. Uh, Indiana State with, uh, with all those players, with Nice, Stevens, Thomas, Bledson, that's a really, really underrated team that you should pay attention to in the Valley. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I do think that they're going to be a lot of fun to watch as Mike O'Donnell, he is joining me on the podcast. And we've talked about the American once on this podcast here in the offseason, and we're both in agreement. Houston, Memphis, they are the top two teams. What can we expect out of the middle of the conference, though? Because I take a look at the American, and it does feel like the middle's a little bit more down this year than we've been seeing in the past. But I am getting excited about some of these teams, like a Tulane. I think that Ron Hunter is a very good coach. And then you're all my body in Central Florida. I think they're one of the more interesting teams because I could see things with all the transfers that are both coming out and coming in, things wind up panning out for them. I could see it being a little bit of a rocky ride to begin the season, but them perhaps picking up steam towards the end of the season as these guys wind up getting more and more time with each other out there on the court as well. I really like the Cincinnati Bearcats team. This is going to be Wes Miller's second year. They really came on in the second half of the season. They only lost one starter from last season. Mike Saunders played a significant role and a consistent role and maybe was a top three point guard in the American Conference. Abdul Adu was a senior starter and he's back. They bring four starters from a team that was very, very dangerous. You mentioned Memphis. I agree. They're probably the second best team in the American. Houston isn't just the best team in the American. They might be the third best team in college basketball. But when you're looking at the middle of the pack, I just talked about Cincinnati. The other team you really should pay attention to is Temple. Hysir Miller, Damian Dunn, Khalif Battle. Those three guards, that three-guard lineup was potent. Remember, Khalif Battle, he was injured uh, 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 after a few games last season, and they couldn't really get back into a flow. 
But Dunn and Battle, those are two incredibly tough guards. And Nick Jordan proved himself to be a really, really great frontcourt player as well. I like this Temple team a lot. Tulane is good. I mean, they are going to be really good. They have virtually had everybody back including Trey Williams, transfer from Oregon State, who played significant minutes at Oregon State, and Colin Halloway at Georgetown, who came off the bench at Georgetown. Jalen Cook, Jalen Forbes, those two players essentially give you 20 points a game anytime they step onto the floor. And Sion James and Kevin Cross, they provided some really unique extra minutes. Sion James is a bigger point. He's about six foot seven, average double figure scoring, but also you're turning every other game, he's having seven or eight assists. And he's a really kind of tough player to scout against. And Kevin Cross did a nice job from a rebounding standpoint. They're not big. But they are loaded on the offensive end between Jalen Cook and Jalen Forbes, who both had incredible seasons on the offensive end. And then you add in their defense, which we've talked about this before, Greg. They play this amoeba switching half man, half zone defense that's extremely difficult to emulate for opposing teams and practices to prepare their starting lineup. Tulane is good. You know the most interesting team? I know you mentioned UCF. They had Darius Johnson back. Also got Ithiel Horton from Pitt, who's a huge contributor at Pitt. Brandon Suggs was the, really the second go-to scorer for East Carolina, transferring for UCF. Talented freshman and Taylor Hendricks, C.J. Walker. I was a starting forward last season. He's back. You know what's really interesting team is what South Florida's going to do. Because South Florida always rests on their defense. Regardless of their lack of offensive output the last four years, which has not been good. It just it hasn't been good. They've won games in the 50s. It's how they win. They win ugly. But they have Tyler Harris now. You remember Tyler Harris is transferred from Memphis. And he bounced around after his first two years at Memphis, but he is an electrifying guard, insanely fast. If Coach Brian Gregory just gives him the keys on the offense, he is absolutely a player that can give you 25. Don't be surprised if Tyler Harris leads the American Conference in scoring. So if you can add Tyler Harris into this defense, I expect South Florida to play a much different style defense. It's not going to be this kind of physical pack line defense that we've seen. I think they're going to press. I think they're going to press a lot. I think that fits Tyler Harris's style. I think when you add in a returning player like Jameer Chaplin, who has great length and size and athleticism, put him in a full court press, that's a really interesting team. I think South Florida in the middle of the pack with Tyler Harris is going to cause a lot of problems. And the big key for South Florida is just being able to can a few threes because they were five <laughs> I mean, if they could get any sort of offense whatsoever, this is a team that they've got quite a bit of upside. So I do agree with you there. And Mike, I know you're doing a great job taking a look at the game of college basketball. You're getting set for what is going to be, in my opinion, an amazing college basketball season. And you're a man that has played the game at a very high level for both NC State and Central Florida. So you know all about what winds up going into the process of getting set for a season. So let the good people at home know how they're able to follow you on social media and everything that's on tap for you. Well, thanks, Greg. You can find me primarily on Twitter. That's M-O-D for three. That's M-O-D, the number four, then the word three. I'll be getting ready to pumping out a lot of content here soon, looking at a couple underrated players and some of the top scorers and shooters in the country. So it should be pretty fun. 
It should be a lot of fun. Mike does an absolutely incredible job taking a look at the game that we love of college basketball, getting set for, like we said, going to be an amazing season. So a big thanks to Mike for joining me right here on Coast Coast. It's now part of the Visa Family Podcast. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. 
Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for Coast to Coast Hoops with myself, Greg Eubes Spears, and now a part of the Decent Family Podcast. And it was a pleasure to get Mike O'Donnell on. He does an amazing job taking a look at the game of college basketball. A man that has played it now does a great job breaking it down on ESPN, CBS Sports. And if you go to his Twitter page, at MOD43, he does a nice job as well of having some video breakdowns as well, taking a look at more system things when it comes to college basketball. So great mind there, and always a pleasure to get him aboard. Big thanks to him. Now it's that time on the podcast. I give you a little bit of a roundup as to the news and notes that we wound up seeing in college basketball over the last 48 hours. Typically, it's the last 24 hours, but as you guys know, when I'm doing my preview of the Missouri Valley Conference yesterday, hopefully you're going to be able to do I would say two more previews this upcoming week. We're right now in a stage in which I need to do about one and a half a week. So you can expect that moving forward here on the podcast. Just brushing up some of these news and notes on some of the off days. And then trying to give you guys conference previews as I go with the low to mid-majors first. And then we're going to be getting into the power conferences at the end of this offseason. So we are getting ever closer to that. But we are seeing quite a bit of player movement as well as we did wind up seeing Sean Walker, who wanted committing to McNeese State last season, 6'8", 280-pound big man. He did not wind up playing for the team. He retired. He's decided that he is going to be going to Elkhorn State, an Elkhorn State team that actually has been able to do a solid job the last few years and be able to generate some turnovers. Just wasn't able to get a lot down low. This could be a very good ad for them, so commend them for being able to get in a big man late in the process. And big men, they typically wind up having a little bit more success 
when they wind transferring late rather than guards. Akurum Ahmed is going to look to buck that trend, though. He was at Canisius last season. Didn't put up mono numbers, but I think that he's going to be a good fit at UNC Greensboro last season. When he was at Canisius, he wound up putting up six points per contest. Only shot right around 29% from three-point range, but he wound up seeing a little bit more extended playing time. He was able to do a relatively solid job with it. And you do take a look at what he was able to do towards back half of the season. Final 13 games of the campaign. He was able to have some success, putting up right around 5.5 points per contest. Shot in that span, more around 34.5% from 3 after overall for the season, shooting 29% from 3. So in that UNC Greensboro style, I do think that he is going to have some success. We did mind seeing some players decide that they are going to go down to the 91 level, as I know that our good friend Tobias Bass does a great job over there at The Athletic. He tweeted a little bit earlier this week, 43% of players that entered in the transfer portal, they have not found a school, so you've got to expect more of these moves moving forward, especially for some of these guys that they average like 9, 8, 7 points per contest at insert your low to mid-major school, and right now they're pondering what to do. Some of these guys a little bit less than that, like Noel Scott, he was at P last season, put up Two and a half rebounds per contest. He's going to East Los Angeles College. That is a junior college school. We've seen quite a few guys do this. Tried to resurface with a little bit of a better school in about a year or two, but very easy for handicap with Mr. Noel Scott. All you need to note is that this man was at Ossipi last season. He's no longer at the Division One level. Cross him off your list of players that you need to evaluate, and then you move on. And then you wound up having Noah Hutchins. He was at Rice last year. We give our Odelaine Kiffin. Go Owls. He was able to put up right around a point and a half, 1.3 assists per contest, shot 33% from three. Didn't see a lot of playing time. He's going down to Ranger College. That's one of the better junior colleges out there in college basketball, so he should be able to do a nice job being able to put up some numbers there. Dijon Humphrey, he was actually a relatively solid contributor last season from Holy Cross. This is what I'm talking about. Guys said they weren't dominant at the mid-major college level, but they were solid. With Humphrey, six points per contest, shot 34.5% from three as a six for four a little bit of a two-way player. He's going down to Garden City Community College. He's probably going to look to tear it up there. And then if he winds up playing well, he could get up to a little bit of a higher mid-major, perhaps even a power five when it's all said and done. So that's something to take a look at. Zion Harmon is an interesting ordeal. Did not wind up playing last season, but in the class of 2021, he was rated by ESPN as the number 54 overall recruit, 24-7 sports, while well, I ended up having him very highly touted as well. 5'11", relatively solid point guard. He's out there on the transfer portal officially, so if he winds up becoming available, I gotta think that there's a team, I'm looking at you, Louisville, that could really, really use a guard that might be interested in his services, so we shall see what happens there. Jay Powell, he two seasons ago was a starter at Jacksonville State as a starter. Put up 5.2 points, 4.5 boards, didn't wind up shooting well from 3-point range, but was able to be a solid defender at 6'9", so was able to have some stretchability last season. Thought of favor, 3.2.5 rebounds per game at Jacksonville State. He is out there on the transfer portal. We shall see what winds up happening with him. Andrew Anderson, he last season was playing for South Alabama. He has decided that he is going to be entering into the transfer portal Literally did not wind up scoring a single point in two seasons at South Alabama, so not too much of an impact guy there as he winds up going to Copia Lincoln Community College, so that opens up another spot for them. That's honestly the worst thing in the world. Interesting to see what winds up happening with Carson Bischoff. Bischoff last season was playing at UT Arlington, and we 
I'm going to say UT Arlington wound up seeing 11 starts, was a solid contributor, 5.5 points per contest, shot 39.6% from three-point range as a 6'4", little bit of a combo player. His playing time would sort of come and go a little bit. There wasn't a whole lot of consistency with it as he wound up being able to really take off a little bit more towards the back half of the season from the final 13 games of the season, I would say January 15th on, was able to put up more around 6.5 points per contest in that time span, shot 39% from three-point range. So we shall see if he's able to find a little bit of a landing spot. Got to figure that there could be someone that might be interested in his services. And then late in the game, transfer board. One that, in my opinion, makes sense. Daniel Aiken. He was at the University of Maryland, Baltimore County, back when you wound up having Ryan Odom coaching that program. He is reuniting with Ryan Odom. He is going to Utah State, a Utah State program in which they do wind up losing Justin Bean from last season. I've got to figure that the reason why he probably did not wind up making this move a little bit earlier is that he wound up playing five total seasons, but in one of those seasons at UMBC, only wound up playing seven games. Last season at Cal Baptist was his best season. 11 points, 8 rebounds per contest, shot right around 70% from the free throw line after for his career. He had never shot really better than 52% at the charity stripe, was able to chip in there a block per contest. And Cal Baptist, you know what it is out there in the wax, so it's going to be a little bit of a step up. But knowing the style with Odom, I do think that even though this is late in the process, this is actually a relatively solid get for Utah's A team that they're going to be in a competitive Mountain West. That's a preview that I've already done on this podcast, and every single conference is going to be getting a preview during the offseason on this podcast, Coast to Coast Hoops. If you do like hearing from this fine podcast, Coast to Coast Hoops, you're able to subscribe wherever you your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment idea, when I have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be able to fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at JNNRS41. Keep in mind, letters M. They mean does not matter, so as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. The other way, it is via an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to find whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five star review. Big thanks again to Mike O'Donnell. Does a great job as a college basketball analyst. He joined me in the last segment, and I'm going to be coming at you guys every single day on this podcast. As I mentioned a little bit earlier, conference previews, those are certainly coming your way. And on top of that, the news and notes of college basketball, much like today. And then once we get in season, picks and analysis on every single game, every single day. So I will chat at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.